On this episode of This Is Game Boy, we get froggy. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This Is Game Boy, the show where everything is about Game Boy and nothing else matters. On tonight's show, more salty than your average variety of nut mixes, Mula! The biggest Shaquille O'Neal fan besides Shaq himself, possibly with the same amount of brain damage, E Bloody Candy. And special guest, he's pretty sweet, but is he really sweet? Gran and Hero. Let's have some fun. Alright. Oh man. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Let's actually get... For the people who don't know what that was, by the way, that's uh, how... Uh, whose line is this anyways? Do their intro, so... I kind of wanted to try that out, and it, it went pretty well, besides the, the little screw-up, which you won't hear, of course, because Lex hopefully have, has cut that out, especially because I swear there. But yeah, uh, we're back with another episode of This Is Game Boy. Hello, everybody. How are you two doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. What about yourself? I'm doing pretty fine. What about you, Hero? I'm doing all right. I didn't overslept for the podcast. Well, that's like pretty hard <laughs> for us because it's like way in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> yeah, thanks. By the way, apparently it's daylight savings time, so thanks PLD for that. Yeah, PLD, you are always the one to blame for that, so um, thank you. Luckily, we did that last week. Um, we were actually going to record this last week, so you could have slept like an hour longer even. Uh, but we had a little hiccup, or at least I had a little hiccup. Um, I got laryngitis, which you might able have been able to tell from uh, the previous episode, the light episode, the Halloween special. Uh, my voice was totally cracking out here and there um, and it was been going on for over a month already and uh, then one day I woke up and I couldn't speak anymore so um, yeah I had to go to the doctor and I had a virus infection on my vocal cords and uh, yeah I was pretty much wrecked for almost an entire week actually it, it, it just got better to be fair um, anyways um, what have you been up to while I was sick EBC um well, I recorded my light episode the day we were supposed to record. All right. So uh, stay tuned for that one. I don't know when that comes out. Legs, legs tells me. Um, I see the tweet. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else? Red Dead 2. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead 2 lately just because that just came out. Uh, beat Odyssey. Beat Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Beat Assassin's Creed 2. Looking forward to Pokemon. Uh, that froggy game a little bit just for this recording and uh did some game boy adventure stuff we did uh rodland magnetic soccer which is probably the greatest game of all time <laughs> and i think we did a couple others i can't remember off the top of my head so what about you hero uh well seeing how tiny 10 is just one week away when we're recording this i mostly play the tiny 10 games when i got time to spare uh I'm I'm getting confident in game like like Max and uh, Out of Gas now that have caused me some trouble. So race day is is uh, due to happen very soon. Nice, yeah, yeah. Out of Gas is a very unique game. It's like it's not overly difficult, but you really need to understand the controls for that game. 
yeah, it's very easy to like bleed just a couple of minutes in that in that short amount of time you play the game uh, if you just get sloppy. Yeah, I mean, if if you play Crayon Shinshan, not much thing can go wrong. You just run to the right and and you will probably finish within thirty seconds of the fastest player, anyways. Yeah, if you screw up something. It's the same with Max too. Even like with Max, like if you fall down into a pit, it's like you don't die unless you fall down the pit like seven times. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, hey, I'm almost done with the SNES Classic Mini challenge on my Twitch oh, channel nice. as well. I'm on the last game right now. Super Mario World got picked last. What, yeah, as, what as are the odds? <laughs> no, it, it's a great <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> It is a pretty great game, but it's been played so many times by so many people. Um, I think probably everybody was more excited to see some other games. Not that on the uh, Super Nintendo Classic there are that many games that people have never seen before, of course. But um, yeah, I I would also like to... I I would actually start with Super Mario World just to get it over with, because that's probably a game everybody has played a million times before. Uh, yeah yeah i was really excited to see you play um kirby superstar because i personally not a huge fan of that game but i know people just adore that game so i was very curious to see like you play it and hear your thoughts of that game so yeah, i don't, I don't like kirby superstar it, it's yeah. it's a very strange game with with, with strange mini games yeah i don't like this the samurai game that game's dumb <laughs> the only the only mini game of Superstar that I like is Spring Breeze because it's literally KDL with color. Yeah, that's the only reason I like it. <laughs> and even shorter. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what are um, you been up to, Mo? Yeah. Um. Right before I got laryngitis, I actually uh, did one game, um, like a combination of my Spooptober stream and uh, Portable Pleasure stream. Um. So I played Dr. Franken, which was um, surprisingly a pretty fun game, uh, even though it controls very poorly, um, it doesn't have the best graphics or anything. But uh, I actually really enjoyed playing through that game. Um, for anybody who doesn't know that game, it's it's. Uh, I talked a little bit about it during the Halloween special, and I mentioned it then that I hadn't played it myself. Um, but it's, it's like a kind of adventure exploration platformer i i would say um where you have access to some parts of uh, the castle and you have to get an item to actually get to other parts and so on and so on until you find all the pieces of your uh of your bride pretty much and then you have to like uh put her back together and make her come back alive which you don't even see uh the ending is very abrupt where you just <laughs> see the lightning hit uh, the machine and then suddenly it's over um so yeah that was a really fun game um and due to being sick um i like i couldn't do anything like uh, i had to stay home from work as well because like i couldn't speak so i just did some really chill streams uh, without mic without cam where i was playing dragon quest 11 because I finally got time to actually play that. I was hoping to finish it uh, during my week of absence from work and, and everything else, but the game is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly long. Like, I was not expecting this at all, and not in a boring way either. It's like 
just the story keeps on going and it keeps you interested uh, throughout the entire thing. But like I'm almost 80 hours in right now and I'm what they call a post game. Um, it's, it's like you get the credits after Act 2, um, but there's more after that. Actually, the, the story really continues with uh, some stuff they set up during the first two acts. Um, so yeah, I'm still trying to beat that game, but this is uh, uh, probably now one of my favorite RPGs of all time. It's just amazing. I, I think everybody should play it if you have enough time, because it's definitely a 75 hour to 100 hour game. So um, like even I don't really have the time to play those games anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I will beat it soon, uh, hopefully. I'll do my best. Uh, besides that, more Binding of Isaac. Still trying to complete that game as well. I think I spent already thousand hours on that game, and it will only uh, uh, be more in the future when the expansions come out. So that game will forever be in my life. And uh, last, I'm kind of playing through Symphony of the Night, um, the Requiem version that just came out on PS4, together with one Rondo of Blood. Um, just playing through that game again this is like the, the 10th time or something i'm playing through that game it's still pretty fun uh the achievements in it are actually pretty fun to get because they ask you to do some stuff you normally wouldn't do or that you wouldn't even know that's in the game uh but yeah, it's just a chill time i did spend an hour trying to get the chrysogrim uh <laughs> earlier um not because it wouldn't drop but uh it dropped three times, and every time I got hit out of the room, so it despawned. <laughs> that was that was really starting to work on my nerves. But yeah, after an hour, I finally got one. So, so, such a classic. Yeah. yeah. So with the Requiem, is that just like a straight up remake of Symphony of the Night in Rondo of Blood, or is it just like ports from what they were? It just like a combined disc, basically, or combined. Um, yeah it's a it's a download that. only it's not on disc or anything sadly because uh, i would love to yeah just have That'd a physical, great physical but uh it's it's um a port of actually the psp versions of uh, symphony of the night and rondo of blood um, um well it is bad in some way because like symphony of the night doesn't have the uh very awful voice acting and and mistranslations. So, uh, what is up, man? Yeah, that that's sadly not in it. Um, but um, that version is actually the original version, and that version with uh, "What Is a Man" was the port for the American audience, and they changed a few things in that. So this is the original version, at least. I'd be curious if Konami's ever got to like remake some of the old Castlevania games. I doubt it. They hate us, so... Yeah, Konami is not, like, the best <laughs> company in the world right now when it comes to video games. I was already surprised they would release something like this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm totally into Castlevania right now because I uh, watched a few videos about the timeline on YouTube and it showed some games that I've never played before and I kind of want to get them, but they're all like 70 or 80 euros yeah. to get them. It's, it's crazy. I'll try and get them, but they're really expensive. Yeah, that Castlevania timeline is something else. Now you throw the anime into the mix and it's just like... Pfft. Like the anime covers like Castlevania 3 to start and I think they're like going to try and bleed into Symphony of the Night and it's like, oh, okay. Yep, <laughs> fun. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how they were going to do Symphony of the Night and then they have to do a real big time skip in between. Because, yeah, the, the anime is about Trevor, at least. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm still waiting for my Silent Hill remake, so... <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> right, it will never happen. Nope. Capcom's been doing a good job, at least, though. New Mega Man, they got the Legacy Collections... Resident Evil 2 remake in a couple months. Like Capcom has been doing something at least instead of Street Fighter 13,683. Yeah, and uh, good news. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is finally coming to Switch because that's definitely what everybody was waiting for. <laughs> Everything needs to be on Switch. But they released like the original Resident Evil and, and uh, Zero as well. Or, well, the Resident Evil remake, that is. Yeah, but yeah, it's Resident Evil 4 again on another system. It's it's available on anything from from toasters to uh, to to new consoles. It's crazy. but it's handheld now, Mo. Toasters aren't handheld. Those, those like are the, supposed to fix your bread. It's like the whole Diablo thing. Like everyone was so mad that Diablo was going to Switch, and it's like. Yeah, whatever. Now you can play it on the toilet. Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, but like, just, li just like Mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like me. I do that every time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but now they can be now they can be mad about something else about Diablo because now they're releasing a mobile game, so um, they can can start whining about that now. Yeah, they have already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. So when we come back, we're gonna be talking about. For the for the frog, the bell tolls. I I'm gonna butcher this Japanese game, but Keru no Tame ni Kane wa Naru. Yeah, that's pretty good. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, the frog for who the bell tolls, because we're not going to say the Japanese name the entire time. Um, cool little game, honestly. It, came out, it, only, it only came out in Japan, uh, 1992 of September. Um, but they did make a translation, well, they, as in a fan of the game, made a localized translation ROM hack uh, for English on uh, in July of 2011, so a few years ago. And then obviously a 3DS release was of this game in 2012. So uh, there's a developer from Intelligent Intelligent Systems. I actually have never. I guess I don't pay attention much to the devs when it comes to games, but like I've never heard of these guys. But apparently they've done like pretty big things like Metroid and WarioWare and Paper Mario and such. I'm just like never heard of you guys, but sweet games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you guys heard of them at all? Not by name, no, no. Can't say I have. Are you referring to intelligent systems? Yeah. I think I heard their name when the 3DS Fire Emblem Awakening came. Because uh, I'm pretty sure those are the guys behind that game series up to this day. Yeah, they are. I just didn't realize. Okay. Well, that's crazy that we didn't hear like the actual name until like the 3DS, because Fire Emblem's been around for a while. 
Yeah, yeah, and I would never, I, I would never thought that WarioWare had the same producers that, or, or well, developers or, yeah. that, or uh, Metroid, Fire Emblem, and, and Metroid, yeah, yeah, super strange. That's crazy. Um, and then the composer, by the way, people listening, like this is like one of the first games that we've had so much information about a composer. <laughs> yeah, that's usually something that's really hard to find, but uh, this was easy. Yeah, uh, Ko- Kozumi Totaka. Is the composer behind this game, and uh, did you guys know he voice acted Yoshi? When I looked it up, yeah, I saw that. Uh, but yeah, he's a he's a pretty well known name actually in the business. Um, like yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, composers outside of the gaming industry also know him. So he's a he's a pretty big name. Like I'm never super interested in the composers, uh, so it's always fun when I look something up and it's like, ooh. These people know their business. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot, like Super Mario Land 2, great game. Um, <laughs> Mario Land for Virtual Boy, Mario Paint. Like, Mario Paint was awesome. It had that little, like, tune section you can make your own songs in. Yeah, I never then, played uh, it. Yeah, and then obviously he directed a lot of songs <clears throat> as well. Link's Awakening. <clears throat> wow, my voice is cracking off. Link's <laughs> Awakening, Pikmin, Animal Crossing, just, like, just... He has a pretty pretty large arsenal of games that he's done for for Nintendo. A cool trivia about Totaka though is in like every every soundtrack he have made, uh, he puts something in it that he calls Totaka's song. That's a short nineteen note tune, uh, just just hidden somewhere in the game. It was first discovered on the title on the title screen Mario Paint. Uh, I don't remember what you're supposed to do there, but if you if you do like funny little things or just wait it out, uh, you will hear his little tune, um, and it's always the same in every game. I think one of his latest is in Mario Kart for the Nintendo Switch. Should be the same in uh, in the Wii U version, and on a stage where all the Yoshi's are hopping around uh, by the the side of the track and just cheering on you. If you if you drive up to one of them, you can actually hear one of the Yoshi's just uh, humming that uh, Totaka song. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool that he hides this tune in in like every game he has done music for. Have any guys of you? Have any of you guys picked up one of his song in one of the games? I I haven't. No, I I I've played most of the games on on his list, but I I've never played. I've never. Went out of my way to like see if the song was different than anything else. Yeah, I, I can uh, <clears throat> like I didn't look it up or something for for this uh, podcast, so I haven't heard it yet. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if it's super familiar or anything that I would immediately recognize it. Um, but yeah, it's really cool that uh, people put stuff like that in the game. I really like it when uh, you have to like go really deep to find something hidden throughout. Uh, well, different series and stuff like that, but it's always like his signature for, for somebody who worked on the game. That's pretty cool. Um, even though um, the, this Totaka song was actually first discovered uh, in Mario Paint, um, it originated in actually a Game Boy game called X. Um, that's probably a game nobody has ever heard of. Um, it's it's not well known or anything, uh, and that game came out two months before Mario Paint, so um, that's the earliest um, 
they could have found the Totaka song. So that's that's pretty cool that it also originated on Game Boy, actually. Yeah, and I think it was with X. It's like if you waited like a minute or like two minutes on the title screen, is when like the song would actually play too. Like it was just something like the only way you'd ever hear it by accident is if you just like walked away from your Game Boy and left it on type deal. Yeah, that's always pretty cool to see. All right, um, enough talk about the people behind the game. Let's talk a little bit about the game itself. And a good starting point, of course, is what is this game actually about? So um, (laughs) I'll get through the plot for this pretty quickly. Um, In a land far away, the true princess Richard of the Custard Kingdom and the game main's protagonist, who's uh, an unnamed uh, character actually, the Prince of the Sable Kingdom, have shared a friendly rivalry since they were small children. Uh, they often compete, although it usually ends in a tie or a close win. In fencing, however, Prince Richard is always the victor. One day a messenger arrives from a small neighboring kingdom, warning the princess that the evil King Deloran and his Crokian army have invaded the Mifei kingdom and captured the beautiful Princess Tiramisu. In yet another boastful attempt to best the Sable Prince, Richard grabs a boat and rushes towards the kingdom. The Sable Prince is left trying to catch up. While on his journey, he and Richard, along with others, are transformed into frogs in attempt to reveal the true happenings in this kingdom. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much also where the title of the game stems from. Um, during the course of the game, you actually find out that there is something called the Spring Bell, um, that whenever it gets rung, everybody who turned into a frog will be uh, turned back into humans. So that's why for the frog, the bell tolls. Huh. So if this would happen in our world, if everyone was turned into a frog, we wouldn't make it, because I'm pretty sure we don't have that anti-frog bell thingy somewhere in the world. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's hidden somewhere. <laughs> like, I, I own... So, uh, fun fact, I, I own this game. I own a, I own a, a complete box copy of this game. And... Like I even took my phone, my 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 phone. Like if you take a picture of like text, it would like it would translate to English, but the Google translation's so bad that I still didn't know what the plot was. Google Translate in the back of the box. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I've played the game two and a half times now. I've played it twice completely through on English, and half of a time through Japanese. I tried to go as far as I could in the Japanese version before I got completely lost. Um, and I honestly could not tell you what the plot... I knew the plot was something about saving a person, turning into a frog, turning into a snake, and that's it. Like, that's all I knew about the plot of this game. Yeah, the, the English translation um, pretty much tells it at the start of the game. Uh, but if I you don't, don't read. pay much attention to it, it, it kind of gets lost for sure. Um, also, just like any other RPG, if you do not talk to every person in town, you kind of miss plot points and you're yeah. in there. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely what can happen if you just play through the game and, um, yeah, never take the time to read everything that's, that the game says to you. Um, it's a pretty simple plot, really. Uh, nothing big. All right, that's how, that's how I am. Like, I don't really read things i'd much rather just have other people read it for me so um <laughs> unless you know game boy adventure i'll read through the stuff and 
pretend to voice act, but for the most part, like I don't read through stuff in RPGs. I just plow through the game. Then if I get lost, then I go back to town and like talk to people. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I, mm, cool, cool plot, I guess. Little, yeah. little unique. I mean, you're still saving a princess, or yeah, a princess at the end of it. So definitely a uh, not unique storyline there, but unique in the sense that you turn into frogs and whatnot, and you have a bell that turns you back to a human. Yeah, it's not based on anything, as far as I could uh, could find. Um, again, this is a Japanese only game, and even though there is a lot of information about this game out there, because it's it's one of uh, Probably the, the biggest hidden gem on Game Boy that never came out in America or in Europe. Um, it's still hard, of course, to find any information that might have been written in Japanese and, and that got released. Yeah. I couldn't find a single thing about it. As far as I know, it's not based on anything. It's just um, a, a very original story. Um, the title itself comes from a book, um, and now I can't remember the name. Um, for whom the bell tolls, I think. Is it just that? It's like a pretty, pretty I mean, well a Metallica known. song called that too. <laughs> That's also based on that book, yeah. <laughs> but I maybe I, the maybe the song is based off of the book and the game is based off of the song. I doubt it. <laughs> maybe the developers are really into Metallica. Metallica yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like with the Mega Man X series with all the, the bosses from Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you have Axel, yeah. I don't know, fun fact though about this game is a lot of... So, a lot of people compared this to Link's Awakening. Like, even if they didn't play the game and just watched people play it or saw screenshots, they were like, wow, this looks a lot like Link's Awakening. Mm. Well, <laughs> Link's Awakening actually came out after this game and the engine for Link's Awakening came from this game. So there are going to be a ton of similarities between the two. Um, and another fun fact for you Smash Brother people out there, especially after seeing Kirby live through the entire annihilation of the, of the kingdom, <laughs> uh, the main protagonist of, of Froggy game is an assist trophy uh, in Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U. Under the name uh, Sa- Sable, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, Sable. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. That they put that into a Smash Brothers game. Yeah, it's pretty cool that this character actually um, gets portrayed in a lot of other games. Um, <clears throat> like, everybody knows um, the part in Link's Awakening where you find a prince who's been locked out of his castle, um, and there's frogs in his room, and you have to go find five golden leaves to... Um, to get the key to the next dungeon, blah, 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 doesn't matter. Uh, but that guy actually is the uh, the other main character from this game. Uh, so Prince Richard from uh, for the Frog the Bell Tolls. So not the guy you're playing as, but the other guy. Um, so yeah, he was put in that game, of course, because it was made by the same people and it was a little not, but of course that got lost to a lot of... Uh, a lot of the audiences outside of Japan because this game, maybe five years ago, this game was not known at all uh, to anybody. So. Yeah, no. Apparently they were going to make a, 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 a DX version of this game too, weren't they? Yeah, they were going to release it in 2002, but they uh, 
it never got released. Maybe it has been uh, completed, like some of the other games, like that uh, Battletoads game that never got released, or uh, even if you people have heard about the Lost Vanilla Ice game. Um, those are games that actually got completed but just never got released, so they're just lost somewhere on somebody's computer. Uh, hopefully we will in the future be able to access these types of games. But yeah, maybe it's the same for uh, for this game that they actually have it completed but uh, never released it. So I wonder why, yeah. like... Oh, go ahead, Hero, sorry. Yeah, I was just referring to other unreleased games. It was just a couple of months ago that we got the South Park uh, Game of Color game as well. Yeah. Somebody hit up like one of the producers and he had it on his... His computer and now we can finally play it that's that is true maybe when they make a game boy classic they'll have all this stuff on there for us <laughs> i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> i do wonder what a list ever is gonna be if they make a game boy classic oh, it's um, gonna be bad it's so. gonna it's gonna be pretty awful um because it's it's just gonna be all those games that everybody it's, has played seven hundred million times. It's gonna be like Metroid Two, Kirby's Dream Land, Super Mario Land Two, uh, name Pokemon. some Pokemon. Yeah, one of the Pokemon's will be on there at least. <laughs> name I see Game Boy. Name like fifteen other games that are popular <laughs> within the library. You know. But yeah, then te- again, si- seeing the games on the SNES Classic Mini and the NES. Classic Mini, compared to the PlayStation Classic, we are getting better games on the Nintendo consoles. <laughs> yeah. The PlayStation Classic was such a let. I was, I was a little bit excited for it. I'm like, oh, PlayStation Classic, that could be cool. And then I saw the games, and I'm like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, and the Japanese console got like G. Darius, Darius Gaiden, and Parasite Eve. Yeah. So we, we, we got we Got, got hosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but fun, I'm, fun. Fact what what they screwed up yet again, Sony. Uh, if you're listening to this, I can't believe you did this. <laughs> Parasite Eve never got a release in Europe. Um, it only got released in Japan and got released in America. Um, then they put it on the PlayStation Network for everybody to download, except for Europe. Still no no yeah. available way to actually play that game for us. Now you release the PlayStation Classic. Best opportunity ever to put that thing on there so that everybody can play it again. It's only for Japan. It's it's unbelievable how some people think. It's, it's crazy. No one likes Parasite Eve. It's only the best PS1 game in the world. Yeah, so. yeah. it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I still can't get it. Because I, I, I wasn't thinking about it, but then PLD said, for, oh yeah, Japan gets uh, Parasite Eve at least. And I was like, wait... <laughs> so good so good um so yeah i guess when we come back here we're gonna we're gonna give our thoughts and history with the game uh we'll start with hero since he hasn't done too much talking and my voice hurts already so (laughs) yeah when we come back get ready for that
Alright, welcome back everybody from that nice little break we had there. So, thoughts and history with the game. Here, I'm going to have you go first because I watched you play this game on your stream. Yeah, um, as both of you, I didn't know anything about this game about, say, five years ago. Um, in Sweden, there is like one single video game uh, magazine still running around. Uh, nowadays, I think they released one uh, one magazine each uh, every third month or something like that. Uh, but this magazine actually goes back to the NES days when it first had its name Nintendo Magazinet, the Nintendo Magazine. Uh, later on, it became uh, it 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 merged with another magazine and uh, became the magazine Superpower. And then it changed name again to Superplay, and yet again it changed name to another magazine, and nowadays it's called Level. The good thing about all these magazine names is that everyone in the world can understand <laughs> why and, and <laughs> what it means. It went from like eight complicated names to one simple one. <laughs> yeah, now it's just Level. Um, and and, and the, fun, the fun part about a couple of years with this magazine was that, uh, like... 80% of the magazine was was new stuff, the stuff you, you have already read about on the internet, uh, new game releases, etc, etc. Uh, but if, if you read the magazine from, from the back side, the, the wrong side, you had to turn it uh, upside down and it was like a little retro section, uh, about <laughs> 20% cool. of the magazine. And it could be anything from... Hey, look at this cool art that people are doing in New York. Or uh, there's there's like new games coming out at, and the, at these uh, game jams they're having in I don't know Korea doing crazy retro games yada yada. And one in one episode, one one magazine, they had an article about this for the frog the bell tolls for the frog uh, who bell boom whatever. <laughs> and I was like. Just like you said earlier in in the the pod, that when you see the game, you you make you make resemblance with Link's Awakening, and that that was my first impression as well. And and it was a it was a lot of text. I think it was maybe six or eight pages text about the oh, game, wow. or how we didn't get it outside Japan, what the story was about, uh, no spoilers or something like that. Just just like. Hey guys, here here's a really hidden Game Boy game that nobody played. And I was like, damn, I, I need to play this. This game looks so friggin' good. And uh I have I have tried other uh hacks, uh translation, etc. etc. on emulators. But I actually went onto eBay and looked if there were any reproduction cards. And I found a repro card in England. And with all with uh, the custom control at the borders, we have to uh, pay, yeah, extra money when we order stuff outside of uh, Europe. Uh, be that cart being in England was very convenient. It, it's fast shipping, no extra cost when I got it here. So I just ordered that card and I played the game, and I was like, "This is the best Game Boy game I've ever played." When I first saw the credit screen. So yeah, that, that, that's how I found out about the game. Um, fast forwarding a couple of years uh, to my stream here on Twitch. 
I I told everyone that I'm 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 pretty unsure if Link's Awakening or For the Frog the Bell Tolls is my favorite Game Boy games. I can't really decide with those two, but seeing how I was supposed to stream both games on Twitch, I had like a new opportunity to compare the two games. And when credits rolled for the second time on uh, For the Frog the Bell Tolls, I gotta say that Link's Awakening is the better game. But that's it's 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 a close race for me. It's it, such unique uh, experience both games are. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I I played the game for the first time, when I th- I saw I want to say I saw Mo play it, however long ago that was, like one of his first playthroughs of it. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. I I I, pl- I picked it up then. I played it on an emulator. And uh, I don't I, I I finished it, but it, I was pretty like hesitant <clears throat> on finishing it because I just at the time I wasn't really into casually playing those types of games. I was more into like retro speed running, and that's how I wanted to play a game. And uh, like fast forward again, you know now I, I've played it on the Japanese version halfway through, and I beat it on the and I beat the English translation somewhat somewhat recently, and. Hot take here. I'm personally not a huge fan of Link's Awakening to begin with. Um, <laughs> it's more so that like Zelda is my favorite gaming series, and Link's Awakening is so far off the beaten path of the actual like canon Zelda. I feel that it's just like I don't respect it as a Zelda game. Um, but um, putting them side by side, I would say also that Link's Awakening is the slightly better game uh towards uh, for the for the bell the frog told whatever it's a froggy <laughs> game froggy um, game <laughs> and uh well, I think purely because like since Link's Awakening came out after Froggy Game uh it had a chance to get a bit more polished out um, cuz like when I when I played Froggy Game like the the side scrolling sections where you have to jump over pits, you know, and jump onto platforms. Like some of those jumps were a little, a little rough. Uh, some of the controls, like the like the edge clipping, the corner clipping, and whatnot, was a little little rough. Uh, and that was definitely got smoothed out in Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first when I first played it, I honestly didn't put the comparison to Link's Awakening to Froggy Game at all. Because like I felt like I spent most of my time in the overworld of Link's Awakening, where everything was you know like the slightly top down moving around section, and like Froggy Game for me was mostly like this like side side scrolling platforming action type deal. So like I didn't put the two the I didn't put the two together until the second time I played it, and I was like, oh wait a minute, I'm like these two games are near identical in play style. <laughs> um, it's an awkward comparison to do. It is. It, it, it's like comparing every game that has ever been done in the Unreal Engine, and like saying, "Yeah, this game is better than that game." Yeah, but it's, it's not it's even true. the same genre. It's but but yeah. we have to do like that comparison uh, yeah, in some strange it's, way. It's very true. I would say my one favorite thing in, in in Froggy Game though is the combat. I absolutely think the combat system is fantastic. Yeah, we we have to address that one. So. Go on, explain it. So the combat system is basically you walk into a sprite and you get into a brawl and you don't 
press buttons to fight like you typically would in a normal like video game where you press the A or the B button to fight, you guard, you know, pick your spell. You literally walk into a sprite and then you have like the fighting animation, like the bra cloud animation you would in like an old cartoon. And then if you're more powerful than the person or the thing that you just walked into, you win. If you're less powerful than it, you lose. You know, it's perfect. Mm, yeah, you can, for people who haven't played this game, but have played the East series, um, the first few games that came out also didn't have a real battle system. Um, all you had to do was literally walk into an enemy and uh, you would deal damage and you would receive damage from an enemy. Um, that's the way you leveled up your character and stuff like that. So the more you fought, the, the stronger you got. This is kind of similar, uh, but there's nothing like experience points or, or, or like... Um, like other armors or other swords that you can equip to to do more damage. Um, what you actually need to do is find some stones that um, give you either more hearts or more attack power, and um, then you can actually defeat a higher leveled, I guess I could say, enemy. Um, it's a really cool system for sure. Um, it also makes sure that once you uh, cross an enemy that you can't defeat, um, it, um, it kind of gives you the immediate idea like, hey, I forgot something in a previous area. I should check that out to see if I can uh, find an upgrade so I can actually progress through the game. So you don't get lost too much. So that's a pretty good way to uh, keep you on track, even though it is basically an open world game. I can like, compare it roughly to a point and click adventure as well. Not in the sense that you move a cursor around and, and do stuff, but it, it's like a, a li little part of the game is is the same principle as a as a point and click game, I'd say. Or am I wrong? <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to make the comparison. So you mean with like a point and click, like you you basically follow the path of the enemies in the treasure, and like you just basically walk into them, wait for a sequence to happen. And then just move on to the next. Or? Yeah, something like that. And and you need item B to unlock door C. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I can see that's that. That's a little different from like uh, the original Zelda series or even games like Mario when you just you just run to the exit. You can't really do that here. You have to you have to find the right stuff to progress. That is true. Like there's one point in the game. I don't remember how late into the game where. You have like three pitfalls, and they're not death pitfalls, but they're like they're drops, and like two of them lead to like this tank where there's just like three fish or whatever there is just waiting for you, waiting to eat you or whatever. But there's like nothing in there at all, so you have to take the long way back around again. Mm -hmm. And then the third pitfall, like, is the is the one you want to take, but as like a blind player of the game, like you would never know to take that. You would never know a to fall down those pits. So as you keep going across this other room, like you fight this thing that you just you honestly shouldn't fight at all because it would just beat you down so fast. And so you have to take like the trial, like, oh, I'm going to go down this hole. Well, I have to go back around. I'm going to go down this hole. Well, this is the same hole I just fell down, you know. It's like, so there's a lot of that as well in the game too, which I I personally find that tedious at times, but I feel like this game actually did a somewhat decent job of it because it usually rewarded you if you chose the right path, so... Um, I don't know. I thought the game was. I I, I personally like the combat system. Mo, what do you think about the game? Well, I think this is an excellent game. Um, I think the first time that I heard about it was when uh, Nurua 
um, you people may know from the Mega Man community mostly, um, <laughs> or from the Nudua Laser, <laughs> which he kind of doesn't want anybody to know about anymore. But uh, <laughs> let's just mention it yet again. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> I think he suggested it uh, for me to play. It was also always talking about Froggy Game in my chat, and I was like, "What are you talking about? I have no idea." Um, until he uh, actually gave me the English uh, fan translation, so uh, so I played it for my system challenge um, back when I first started three years ago, um, and I recently revisited it because I lost. Well, I didn't lose. I just forgot to highlight my first one hundred games, like a complete idiot. So I had to redo all those games, and this was luckily one of them because I love this game. Um, Maybe to dive a little bit more into the game, because this is actually something we skipped earlier. I don't know how that happened, but uh, this is <laughs> we kind of talked about it, but it is a top-down adventure game in the style of Link's Awakening, for sure. Um, we, oh, yeah, talk- we did skip that. Yeah, we did skip that. Uh, <laughs> for people who are still wondering, what game are they actually talking about right now? Uh, but yeah, it's a top-down <laughs> adventure game in the style of uh, any... 2D Zelda game. Um, we talked about the battle system just just uh, a few minutes ago, so that's how that works. Um, and it, it, I think it's a fantastic game on its own. I think um, how you progress through it is pretty fun to do, um, but it's not really a challenging game um, at all. To be fair, um, once you find the necessary upgrades, you can kill the enemies um so so that's um how you progress through the game but um you first start off as a human character with um some capabilities like you can uh jump you can fight normal enemies and stuff like that but after some time you actually get turned into a frog which uh makes you able to of course swim underwater and um do some higher jumps than you would normally be able to do if you were a human and after that you get another transformation actually uh it's a snake form and that gets used to um get through some other uh areas where there are snakes because the snakes are basically the bad guys in this game and they want to eat the frogs um and the the actual evil doer in the end is a big snake who just wants to feed that's that's basically what the plot is so it's a pretty cool mechanic that the game uses to to um make use of your human form your frog form and your snake form and combine these to uh, do some environmental puzzles and some battling puzzles so that's that's basically what this game is and um i think that's really cool uh it's something that at least at that time was not done before um uh, maybe besides Wonder Boy, the Dragon Strap. I'm not sure if this came out first or that game, um, but that is like a similar thing where you have different forms that have different abilities, so you can uh, progress through the game, and that's something. Yeah, w- one really cool thing uh, with uh, with the frog and the snake is that they have abilities, kind of like uh, the comparison to Wonder Boy there, because um, I don't know, it's it's. Kinda in in the hour where you, where you mm-hmm. get the frog form, and you're supposed to fight your way through like hordes of insects, 
and and the human form is just right. too weak to defeat all those insects. But the frog eats them up in one go and actually get heals while doing it. So it, it's kind of cool how how uh, they're not the frog is not just there to jump high. He can do other stuff, and the snake got things going on later in the game as well that yeah, we yeah, yeah. maybe don't want to spoil right yeah. here. I mean, like, there's limited use items, too, while you're a frog and a snake as well. Yeah, those items get to use to um, actually transform back into your normal form or to transform into one of the other uh, forms. You can buy them in the shop, but after a while when you defeat enemies on the overworld map, they just drop those items and stuff. So it's it's... You never actually, um, at least I didn't, I never ran out of any of them, um, but there's always a good way to farm them so you have enough. Um, but yeah, most of the game takes takes place in the overworld, but um, the, all the dungeons are in a side-scrolling, platforming kind of way that you have to do those. Um, and here is actually my biggest gripe with this game. Um, there are some platforms in the game where if you stand on them, they fall down. Something very typical uh, in, in all platform games. But this game has... I don't know what it is. It has some kind of input lag when you are on those things, which uh, make you fall down immediately. It, it has something to do with you can't be pressing jump while you fall on the platform. You have to like release the button jump and then push a directional button it's something like that but there is a part of the game um where you you know you literally fall into lava if you can't make a jump and then you have to do an entire big section again just to get through there um if you watch my latest playthrough i got stuck for 15 minutes there because i couldn't figure out how to do the jump off that platform so that that's one of the of my biggest gripes with this game the issue with those platforms, I had a very similar issue with those platforms too. The issue with those platforms is when it starts to fall, even though your character appears to be on it still, you can't jump because you're in a falling animation. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's bad. Yeah, yeah, they definitely fixed that in uh, in Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. So, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah. Did you guys know there's speedruns of this game? There are, but they're pretty long. Um, that's they're, pretty much all I know. They're pretty old too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not a game that first <laughs> is known a lot still, uh, even though a lot of people love it. But I don't think a lot of people have tried speedrunning it. Yeah, the most recent run is eight months ago. That's which okay, which is semi semi recent. But before that was two years ago. Um. Yeah, not a not a lot of love for the game. It only has one category, any percent warpless. I, I love speedrunning category names so much. <laughs> I can I can go on a rant about them for about three hours with Author Blues. Um, <laughs> but uh, like like we always say, speedrunning is not a huge focus of this podcast by any means. Um, but I mean, the fact that there is a leaderboard and there's five runs up for the game is actually pretty cool. But t- talking about speedruns, and uh, and uh, some of our listeners might be be curious about how how many hours do I have to put into this game to complete it? How long did it take me to beat it blind? It took me, I think, about eight hours blind to beat it. 
Okay. Yeah, it took me five hours both times, so um, yeah, it's not too bad. I think I was around uh, okay. eight hours as well. So Most yeah, anything between five and eight so. hours, I guess. <laughs> um, but I mean, like the runs themselves is about two hours, but I don't know how optimized this game is. I'm assuming it's not very optimized if only five people have ran it, so... Um, yeah, but there's a lot of scripted events in this game that you can't skip yeah. and that take a lot of time. So, um, unlike Link's Awakening, I'll, I'll compare it to that speedrun. There's a lot of things you can actually skip in the game. Um, there's a lot of sequences you can break to make it go a little faster. Um, in this yeah. one, it's it's really like half of the game is watching a movie and the other half is actually playing it. Uh, and I don't think there's any way, or at least those hasn't haven't been found yet to uh, make those things go faster. So maybe you're actually speedrunning it for an hour and you're watching cutscenes for an hour. So it might be a chill thing to do, but it might also be pretty boring to do. Maybe that's why there's not that many runs of it. I don't know. There is a task of the game, though. There we go. Maybe that there is that has warps or something. Let's see here, like, this one, I don't know how good these tasks are either, but, like, this one's, like, an hour 27, mm-hmm. and this other one is 87 minutes. I don't know what that is, an hour, six, uh, hour 20, yes. hour 27, yeah. But, again, like, don't base it off of a task, like, the task could have been done hastily or not super good or mm-hmm. whatever else, so. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, I don't know, it's a cool, it's cool that people have speed rated it, I don't know, it's neat. I see some familiar names on the leaderboard from just knowing them from GDQs or being in the Kirby community or just whatever. So, yeah, it might be interesting. Some people like longer games to speedrun, uh, so this might be a good one to to actually dive into. Maybe find some new stuff and uh, and get that world record. Should should get it to the Link's Awakening community and see what they can do with the game. <laughs> if the are. games are fairly similar yeah, yeah i actually don't know if, if they yeah if they ever... I, I doubt it they are just they're too much into zelda it's yeah whatever. yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm friends with all of them whatever <laughs> um, i used to run links awakenings whatever uh yes. so yeah when we when we come back we're gonna talk about some community events coming up and uh talk more about video games yep Welcome back, everybody. So, community events. I mean, I guess we'll mention the Tiny Ten since it'll be going on the day that this this episode launches. Hopefully, uh, so go to yeah. go to Speed Gaming One Twitch TV slash Speed Gaming uh, to watch the Tiny Ten at was well, it one p.m. Eastern? And you can see our very own uh, Grun Grun and Hero take first place in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since I think he's the only one I've seen pra- like put in like a decent amount of practice into the, into the list. Um, we got powered up with pride. Did you guys submit to that yet? You know, I don't. First time I'm <laughs> I never submit anything. So 
you guys will let me down. <laughs> um, so the power up or price submissions, I think, got extended another week. So you have until November tenth now, I, I think, to get a to get a run in. Um, it's uh, December sixth to the ninth, and basically, it's a from what I from the little bit I read about the marathon, uh, it's a marathon that supports a charity for the LGBTQIA plus events. So I have a ton of friends that run this marathon. So I was like, I want to support my friends. So I think I submitted, I think I submitted KDL. I did submit KDL. Oh man, I'm just an awful human being. Um, <laughs> I submitted Kirby Streamland with the donation incentive of extra mode. That's right. If you want to see extra mode, you, you guys get to pay for it. Um, Kid Nikki Game Boy. Because I hate my life. <laughs> Apparently. And and I submitted another Game Boy game, and I forgot what it was. might have been Shin-Chan. It was probably a Shin-Chan game, to be fair. So, uh, we'll see if any of those get in. I know Lakes wants to get, um, wants to get Squidlet in, which is like oh, a yeah. Game Boy-esque game on Steam. And uh, I, I put some time into it. I don't know. If I can get my time to a sub eleven, I might see if she wants to race the game, but I doubt I I doubt I'll put any more time into it, to be fair. So um so yeah, I don't know. I think they have a I think they have their own channel, but I don't know what the actual channel name is. Probably Power Up Pride, Power Up with Pride. I don't I'm I'm not hundred percent certain. But definitely like December sixth to the ninth, there's gonna be a marathon, so definitely hop on Twitter, follow them on Twitter. Look for my tweets because I'll probably tweet out when I'm going to run or retweet when I'm going to run. So, um, outside of that, I know we have like a Midwest. So, like where I am in my local area, we have a speed running group here for the Midwest, and we have a what the hell is it called? Midwinter Speed Fest, I think that it's, it's being called, and that's in January. So, definitely a ways out still. Um, that I don't know if I'm going to submit to that or not. But that's an actual online event, so anyone I think around the world could actually submit to that. So definitely keep your eyes open on the Midwest Speed Fest channel for that. Outside of that, I don't have anything else. Um, AGDQ coming up at the mid-start of January, whenever that is. It only has two Game Boy games, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> like Dragon's Lair. Let's just be fair here. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna watch Dragon's Lair. <laughs> <laughs> I've already watched it for handheld heroes and Big Bad Game. Yeah, like <laughs> it's, it's um, not outside. Of, yeah, it's not. It's not a great game. Outside of that, I don't have anything. I I don't know of any other events, at least from the group of people that I hang out with in a way, which is probably the same group of people you all hang out yeah. with, except for Hero. He has a lot bigger network than we do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but not not when it comes to Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know any expos or anything coming up. Like, TwitchCon just happened, so like that GDQ Express thing happened. Um, I don't even know if there were Game Boy games in that or not. No I idea. have no idea. No idea. I didn't watch it, so... I watched uh -huh. when I could, but uh, then it definitely I, was not Game Boy, so... I forgot it was on. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I knew it was on because the Yeti tweeted that they had shirts available for it, and I'm like, uh, oh yeah, GDQ Express, forgot about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
No, I think that's all I got for community. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, it's towards the, towards the end of the year, so things are slowing down because people don't want to travel in winter, not in America in a way because it sucks. Yeah, and all the holidays and such, you have to yeah. incorporate, and people don't have time, so it's it's normal that this happens. Yeah, it'll pick back up again like next year, like March, when there'll be like fourteen thousand tournaments going on again. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that I'm going to retire from speedrunning. I end up joining the 14,000 tournaments and getting blown out of the water because I don't put time into practice. Yeah. <laughs> so, like what happened to Super Mario Brothers 1. Oh, embarrassing. Died to the first Koopa yeah, in the first level. <laughs> Speaking of tournaments, uh, did you, did you, have you already talked about the Mega Man 2? Oh, right. We haven't. We have not. We haven't. Yeah, that was a hell of a, hell of a finals match. So I watched yeah, the tournament work. started this May, right? Something like that, I'm yeah. pretty sure. And the final were in, like, end of October. So it, it was a long tournament with one of the f- finalists uh, hurting his hand, carrying luggage or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, those speedrun tournaments usually, like, drag on forever, though. That's the issue with them. But, uh, yeah, no, that finals was amazing honestly like just watching like those two go at it and just be so close and just one minor mistake just make or break the actual race like it was insane one of the best speedrunning races i think i've ever watched it was really fun because it was the the winner of the the normal brackets against the winner of the loser brackets um so it was alpes against uh andy swee who has the world record in Mega Man 2 of course um um, Andy had to win a win best two, of three yeah. to be able to compete for uh, with another best of three to be able to compete for uh, for the title. And yeah, they did do both uh, both yeah. best of threes. It, it was so so much fun to watch that. Yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of Mega Man Game Boy in one one afternoon from for me yeah <laughs> um, sadly i watched it at, i watched it at work oh wow okay yeah sadly <laughs> sadly there were no soft locks though so i was kind of disappointed no but they were deaths <laughs> there there and andy wrapped around oh yeah, yeah true, true. And, that was a that was yeah. a weird one that <laughs> was that was unfortunate yeah. yeah that one was weird like he just wrapped like right to the beginning of needle man stage and I, I was confused as to what happened. Mm-hmm. I saw that the first, I saw the first mint boss. I call them, I call them mints because when they roll, they, they, they look like a hard mint. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's at the beginning of the stage. I'm like, I don't even know what just happened, but that's kind. Like, it sucks that that happened, but it's kind of amazing that that happened in a race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Oh man, I think Andy had seen it once before, maybe, but yeah. Yeah, like he. Exp- yeah, they knew about yeah. it that it could happen. Like he explained like how it happens, but like the but he was like, yeah, I didn't think I was that low, and then he just does it, and he's like, well, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it was fine. It was kind of fun to hang out in the speed gaming chat, seeing like five to six thousand people there, and like, what is this game? Why is it black and white? Yeah. Well, I, this isn't Mega Man, but it's Mega Man. Well, like, speed, People were so confused. Speed Gaming got put onto the front page that day. Yeah. 
So like it was like eleven. It was like ten thousand people watching the finals of Mega Man Two Game Boy. Yeah, it's the, like <laughs> not even what? a good Mega Man game. Well, I mean, te- from a technical point of view, not a good Mega Man game. Not a good Game Boy game. And then yeah, that gets fraud paged, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible to see that many people in the Speed Gaming channel for a Game Boy game. Like I've definitely seen that many people in the Speed Gaming channels for like the randomizers like uh like the link to the past super metroid randomizers and things like that because those are popular uh but i've never seen it for this like a a vanilla game before yeah it was was really cool to see good times ahead for the future of game boy maybe yeah so john carls when's the next tournament that you're gonna host because i know how much you love to put in this one The stress behind we should, this. We one. should we should vote for a revenge of the gator. Oh, <laughs> oh he's gonna hate us. Yeah. <laughs> that um, never gets old. Time estimate forty five minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> poor John. So yeah. Anyway, uh, do we do we have questions in Discord this time around? Yeah, um, I'll. Pull them up here real quick. Um, so our producer Lex asks the first question, which we kind of already answered, at least you two did, uh, which is better, this or Link's Awakening? Um, so I guess I still have to answer this. Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's Hands Awakening. Down. I yeah. feel I feel Link's Awakening, the only reason Link's Awakening is better is because it came out after and, yeah. it, polished, and it polished some of the issues with the engine that Frocking Game had. Mm-hmm. For sure. I feel... I feel if they both came out at the same time, it would. I would say that Froggy game would have been better, just from like a just from like a play style type type deal. Like I just liked the game a bit more than Link's Awakening. But if you're talking bugs and we're talking smoothness, Link's Awakening is much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, they are kind of unique. Well, at least Froggy is kind of unique. Um, with all the mechanics they use. So um, saying Link's Awakening is the better game does not mean that this is something you should not check out because you really, really have to. Oh, Uh, you should absolutely play this game. It's very good. Yeah. Um, We have have other questions. Aren't we supposed to answer these during the podcast? Yes. Um, Let's see here. (laughs) There's some douche here as well. The type, sorry you have boring tasting games. <laughs> Who is this in Bloody Candy? Trolling the channel. <laughs> um, we got one from Pianist Man, though. Yeah. Can't, uh, let's see here. How is this? Okay, I guess let's read this whole thing. Can't wait to hear it. Okay, played it casually for an hour or so last night and was weirded out by the L- by the Link's Awakening similarities. Auto battles threw me off, but I dig it. Was this how was this not localized? Yeah, that's, that's actually the first question. question. This is something we just cannot answer. Like I've asked around uh, with people um, who who actually um, speak Japanese or can read Japanese, but they couldn't find anything either. Um, it was just a weird time back then when it came to um, porting games to different regions. 
Um, is there a real reason why this one did not get localized in different regions? Not that I can see because like um, it doesn't uh, obtain any like crude content that uh, wouldn't uh, fit well in in uh, like Western uh, audiences or stuff like that. Um, so I don't think that was a big problem, but I think they just decided to not do it. Period. Like, yeah, I feel like it kind of falls into the whole like Nubo thing where it's like. Nubo only came out in Japan as well, but like if you watch the animes, if you watch or if you played the games, like there is nothing crude about it. It's just it was a chance that the West would not understand it probably, and so they just didn't even try to release it to the West type deal. Yeah, like we we didn't mention this before, but this game does have like some uh, silly things tied to it. Just like your uh, garden variety anime or manga, like um, it is a it 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 stems from a serious story but um it's it makes fun of itself the entire time with silly jokes um like there there's like a running joke with the princess or with a witch um where where the main character sees her as a beautiful woman but then she's actually an ugly witch and and something like that maybe that wasn't fit for western audiences back then at least um but besides that there's nothing too japanesey in this game either like something no. we wouldn't understand um the only thing i can think of on the top of my head is the wasabi that was a thing that like pretty much didn't exist in 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 europe or in america uh during that time now yeah, everybody really. knows it but yeah it, it's weird but it, you know what's interesting is if this a thought if froggy game came out in the west would link's awakening use the same engine that's a very good question <laughs> because like link's awakening obviously came out around the world utilizing the same engine as froggy game like if froggy game came out around came went out around the world would link's awakening still use the same engine like that's something to think about a little bit like we kind of got a little bit of Froggy game via Link's Awakening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I, I would say, yes, Link's Awakening should be under production when this game was released in Japan, I guess. Yeah. Or, or do you think that they released, like, Froggy game and then it took a couple of months before they actually started Link's Awakening? I guess, I don't, I don't, when did Link's Awakening even come out? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure about this. Maybe, like, this team just made this game... To have a game? Link's Awakening came out in June of 93. So almost a year until Link's Awakening would come out. Yeah, that's it's hard to say. Like, it's just an interesting thought. Like, they both share the engine. And we all know Link's Awakening so well, but none of us, you know, no one really knows about Froggy Game. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you look at the two and they're very, very similar. So it's kind of interesting to think about, like, if Froggy Game would have made a worldwide release, like, Link's Awakening obviously would have happened. Like there would have been a Zelda game on Game Boy, but like, would it have been like like it is now, mm. or would it be some weird like size scrolling thing like like Zelda Two? Yeah, because maybe they did it like this. They they had Froggy game, they had the engine, they started Link's Awakening, and then then they thought to themselves, if we release Froggy game worldwide, then Zelda Link's Awakening won't sweep uh, oh, yeah. sweep people off their feet because we have already seen a game yeah. just like it or so, something like that so they didn't release it worldwide to 
get a better Link's Awakening yeah, release or have, have a jump start on sales. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing too. Yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah, sadly we cannot reach out to the developers of the game because well, they're Japanese. They probably would not understand our question to begin with. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of the sad thing about these uh, Japanese only released games. Um, I'll tweet Nintendo. or at, yeah, or at <laughs> least games that got uh, got made in Japan. It's easier like if if Rare or something uh, or somebody made a game, we could possibly try and email them and hope that they would answer us. Um, yeah. But yeah, for these kinds of games, it's it's kind of hard to do. Yeah, like it's one of those like it's one of those uh, you have to hope the developer or someone on the original team is like either listening to the podcast or is looking at like tweets or following so you know following somebody that has these questions type deal. Like most of the time, they're not just to come out of the woodwork and you know yeah freely hand it hand it out. So mm-hmm. yeah. There might have been an interview with the people who, with actually the question, why did you guys not release it? But we cannot look it up. Sadly, can't find it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, question for the podcasters. Oh boy. Um, has anyone figured out the patterns that are possible for the enemies to appear on screen? Have you watched the speedrun of the game? Uh, I must say those two questions kind of go hand in hand. Uh, I never put enough time to figure out patterns into the game. I just played it as a casual player. Mm, yeah. um, I have really no desire to speedrun this game because it's entirely too long for my taste. But I do like watching the game. Um, for me, as of watching a speedrun, I've watched the first like five minutes of the speedrun. It was just all cutscene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, like, it's, it's not that great to watch this speech run i guess but um yeah um this is this is definitely something we normally don't dive into in these speech runs i never uh ex- except when we already know the speech run or that we did it ourselves or something but this is a game we certainly yeah. have not uh not dove into the speech run of yeah i i don't i don't know anything about enemy patterns like i just walked into a screen fought what I needed to fight, went back, and then just fight what I needed to fight. Like, I never paid attention to enemy patterns or anything of the sort at all. I'm sure, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming there might be a way to manipulate patterns. I have no idea. Um, if it's utilizing this uh, same engine as Link's Awakening, you might want to poke some 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 brains in, in the Link's Awakening community. Um, Sikinar, Zorlax7, uh, people like that would definitely have a pretty deep knowledge of that game to begin with. So maybe they would give you some hints or some suggestions to uh, see what you can do to try and like manipulate, if possible, the patterns on the screen. But uh, have you guys watched the speed run of this game at all? No. Like I didn't watch a full run. Like I, I, I should. I watched like I think I watched. I wouldn't say like ten or fifteen minutes of the speed run. Uh, just so I can see like what it was, and it was literally just like as if I was playing, but playing like I knew the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't watched it at all. No, nope, haven't watched it. Yeah, that's all the questions we had, though. Good, good questions, though. We don't, we need people to ask more questions around here. Yeah, for sure. If you all have any, any suggestions or other questions or thoughts of the podcast, uh, we have a feedback survey now that I made. I haven't looked at it since I made it though. Um, <laughs> Typical. Cause I, 
it's not that I forgot. I just get, I get I'm busy. I'm a busy person. Yeah, for um, sure. So I'll be uh, I'll take a look at that either today or tomorrow and see what's going on with that. But if you guys have feedback, like there in uh, in our Discord, there's a feedback link. I don't want to put this in the comment section below for other people just to randomly click it and yeah, yep, be be the internet. So um, I think Mo might have tweeted out about it as well. So uh, outside of that, we have a Discord. Please join our Discord. We have a pretty nice pretty nice community going on in the Discord. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, what else have we got going on with this podcast, Mo? Uh, we have a lot going on. Um, the <laughs> again, like always, the best way to get in contact with us um, is by just going through to our website, which is uh, gbrunners.com/tigb. Um, there you get the links to all of our um, <clears throat> social media. Um, our email address should be on there. Our Discord should be on there, so you can join through there. Um, also, like SoundCloud link, iTunes link, um, whatever else we are on right now. That's something Lex always does. Uh, she always takes care of making sure we are available on the, on many different platforms. So you can find links there. Um, if you have some time and if you're listening to this on iTunes, make sure that you actually maybe post a review about us. It always helps to um, to put us higher in the charts or however they call it on iTunes um, so that a lot more people can actually find us. Um, and speaking of, um, like, I think it was either last episode or two episodes ago, um, I said thank you, everybody, for uh, getting us to 300 listens, um, I believe. Um, at either yeah, either it's a month from that now, but we've doubled that up and we're almost reaching 700 uh, listens, uh, at least on SoundCloud, because that's what we can actually see. So, again, thank you um, for all the new people who are listening to this. That is... Uh, very much appreciated. Um, of course, um, before I dive into something else that I have been talking about a long time and that finally is happening, um, Hero, where can they actually find you? Uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, it's granon underscore hero at both Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. That that would be the easy, easiest Instagram? way. Or in the this is Game Boy Discord because I'm part of that. Oh man, Hero has Instagram. Right. I'm gonna follow him real quick. One second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually made it uh, easier for people to find me on on uh, Twitter. Uh, finally um, so now if you are looking for me you can find me on YouTube, Twitch and uh, Twitter under the same name which is Mula uh, but again nobody knows how to actually write that so uh, it's still hard and you better just go through the website but it's M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H so um, no more Nostalgamia and stuff like that it's, it's all just <laughs> we did it everyone oh my god <laughs> And then uh, you can find me at eBloodyCandy on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and on Instagram. Although I don't post on Instagram very often. Um, and then definitely follow our amazing producer, Legs. Um, I think it's Sprinty Legs on Twitch and Twitter. At least Twitch. YouTube as well? Uh, maybe. maybe YouTube as well. It's either those Legs or Sprinty Legs on YouTube. Yeah. Sorry, Legs. I'm trying to promote you. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, we we have 
a Patreon as well. Yeah, we. That's that's the thing I, <laughs> I was saying. Oh, that's the thing you're gonna do. Oh, look at that, dude. What a segue, dude. It's like pl- it was planned, yeah. scripted, scripted. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, we finally <laughs> set up our uh, Patreon. So if anybody wants to support us um, by giving us your well-earned money, um, you can now do that. Um, at the moment, we have two tiers. We got just a $1 or up tier, uh, which has a few benefits. Uh, you can vote for listener-selected episodes in the future. Yep. And you can actually access our um, our notes, our episode notes. Um, yeah. So you can read them. EBC set them up on a lot, nice little mini website where you can read through them. Um, we still have to update some of them because some have our missing uh, information that I actually had, but I didn't put on the notes and uh, we're kind of working out the template, I guess, of it a little better. So it's easier to read and uh, such, Um, but yeah, you can access that. And then we have our second tier, which is uh, $5 and up, um, which actually gives you the ability to suggest uh, games for the uh, listener selected episodes and someday soon you will also be able to um, have access to bloopers of us um, Lex keeps uh, putting them all together um, so we will release some track with with some bloopers of all the previous episodes uh, in points of time i would say we might do that after 10 episodes i think that's the easiest way to do that um and we do have like other plans in the future but we haven't set that up uh, but our first goal at least on patreon is 20 dollars a month and then we will uh always record these episodes live actually unless we really cannot but yeah that's our first goal that's a nice goal yeah I, yeah. I I just the only episode you did live recording me I think me and Emily watched like the last fifteen minutes maybe and I we really enjoyed it 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 was a fun time yeah that was a learning experience to figure out how to do how to capture Mo and myself both our mics and like it was it was very much a learning experience and knowing what I know now I can get it set up and running a lot smoother but uh, yeah. Shout outs to learning. <laughs> Shout outs to Mo for getting all the Patreon stuff figured out because like I didn't want to put the time into Patreon at all. Yeah, it was a it was a mess. Um and after time Patreon with Discord, like that was a nightmare. Like I did the Discord side of things for Patreon and that was just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, everything was basically because like yeah. like I'm based in Europe and Patreon is based in the US and then you have to sign papers for taxes and stuff like that it was it was a mess to set it up but um i finally took some time and did it um speaking of other things we set up um maybe to keep in mind for the future we have been using the monochrome city channel uh on twitch and on uh twitter um so far for like um tweeting out the new episodes and well doing the live recording um but we did set up an actual YouTube channel for This Is Game Boy and a Twitch channel for This Is Game Boy. Uh, both are TIGB podcasts, I believe, because apparently some person in the last few months actually uh, took twitch.tv slash This Is Game Boy. So 
thank you for that. We're, we're popular, man. <laughs> but yeah, we couldn't get that. So um, again, you can find all the links on our website for sure. But uh, we are just separating it from the Monochrome City channel to make it easier to have everything in one cluster, actually. So yeah, everyone is still in full affiliation with Monochrome City. Like the channel, like the podcast itself is is an affiliation with it still, but. For the fact of keeping things organized and separated out a bit, we decided to separate out the podcast itself just because the the audience that we that we could pull with the podcast may not be the same audience for Monochrome City itself, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. So yeah, that, that was a lot to mention, but <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Whew. Longest outro in the yep. world. <laughs> All right. So, is there anything else going on with you, Hero? Going to any cons? Or no, just like you said earlier, the end of the year is uh, it, everything is slowing down. Uh, next convention is Sweden. I think it's in February, but it's like a mini mini convention, and the big ones are coming back in like uh, April and May. Uh, so yeah, the, the, this upcoming week it's all Tiny Ten practice for me, and and my usual Tiny streams, of course. Beating SMW. <laughs> 96 yeah, yeah, yeah. All the that will probably happen this Wednesday on stream and then I will stream full Tiny 10 practice on Thursday just to ah, just so that my viewers know that uh, this Saturday is Tiny 10 8 so they won't miss it oh, then you get to play the greatest Super Nintendo game of all time Chrono Trigger, Trigger. Uh, <laughs> cannot wait to watch that um, so yeah Next time, oh, we don't have a we don't have a fun outro for the next episode. I blame Mo for this. Hey, I already had a fun intro. Like you, you chose the next game. That's true. That's true. Or is, is it that, a lie? Is yeah, I was supposed to. I was supposed <laughs> to say, is that a true lie? <laughs> <laughs> See, we did it. We made a fun uh, intro. Uh, outro oh even. There we go. <laughs> uh, thank you everybody for listening thank you hero for uh for joining us for this episode um if you're listening to this on saturday the 10th of november uh you'll hear me and ebc later today on the tiny 10 stream as commentators and otherwise ebc will be back for another light and we will both be back in a month for our next game true lies goodbye goodbye bye Is this like a big gray block or on the Game Boy screen a big green block?